Hi guys, welcome back to Flipping SoFlow. I'm here with Will. Hello. <laughs> Today we were talking about getting uncomfortable and being comfortable. Yes. So we had a really in-depth conversation about it and we wanted to bring it to your guys' attention. So we jumped on the pod really fast to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, so I think if, if when you become an entrepreneur or anything you want to do in life that's hard or of substance, like you want to achieve anything, there's going to be a lot of times where you're very uncomfortable doing that thing, whatever it is, whether it's fitness or career goals or entrepreneurship or a relationship or whatever it is, raising kids. I mean, you name it, right? It's all uncomfortable for a certain amount of time and you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And as cliche as that sounds, it's really true. So, you know, all the things that you've been taught, your conditioning, who you are, where you come from, how you got here, where you want to get to, how you're going to get there, right? All those kinds of things. They all, believe me, guaranteed require an enormous amount of discomfort and uncomfortableness. Mm -hmm. And for years, it's going to feel like it's all uncomfortable. And anytime you try something new, we were having this conversation earlier, but, you know, I was having a call with a student this morning that he's been spending $4,000 a month in marketing for the last nine or 10 months. And while that's great, and I'm proud of him for doing that, we had an uncomfortable conversation, which was, you know, how long have you been doing this? He told me nine, 10 months. And I said, do you think that you may be comfortable right now with the amount of money that you're accustomed to spending? And he's like, yeah, I'm really comfortable. I don't, I don't mind it at all. And I said, see, that's the problem right there. Right. The problem is that you're not getting the results that you want. He's getting results here and there. They're very spotty results, but they're not consistent results. And they're not anything to write home about either, mm -hmm. right? And the reason is he has become very comfortable with spending $4,000 a month, which only yields certain amount of results. And for him to tear up, and in this particular example, wholesaling is what he's doing, for him to tear up and, and do more deals every month, get better deals, get better spreads, get more leads, et cetera, he needs to bump that marketing budget up, which is not something he wants to do. As a matter of fact, when I, when I told him, I said, your, your new budget is 6K. Your new budget is 6K. And he turned bright red. You could tell he was uncomfortable in the video because it was a Zoom call. And, you know, he naturally, his reaction was very, very uncomfortable. And he was kind of like giggling. And I'm like, I can imagine it. Yeah. I sold that guy. Anyway, but, but yeah, like he, he really... He, he, now he's going to do it because that's part of hiring a coach, right? And I told you earlier, there's, there's a reason why you hire coaches in life, whether it's a fitness trainer or a dietitian or, I don't know, a business coach or someone like myself, a mentor, right, in real estate. We're not there to make you comfortable. If we were there to make you comfortable, there's not going to be any change. Therefore, you're not going to stay very long. Plus, you're not going to get the results that you're looking for which defeats the whole purpose. Absolutely. So our job as a coach or a mentor, whatever it is you want to call it, is to make you as uncomfortable as possible. Almost consistently making you uncomfortable. 
Yeah, if you're sense. bringing in a coach that's not going to push you to the next level, then I don't really know what you hired them for in the first place. Because just like you said, with fitness, for instance, that's something that we're, we both take very seriously. If I was going to pay somebody $100 an hour just to stay, stay the same weight, seems kind of pointless, right? Some people actually do that, though. Some people do hire a coach just to get them through the door, just to get them in the gym to say that they got there. Because it makes them feel better. That's different. That's accountability. Right. Which is very important. Accountability it, is key. It's part of coaching. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get results, you have to change your mindset. Because that's how you're going to get to the next level. That's how you're going to get stronger. That's how you're going to get a six pack. That's how you're going to lose the weight that you want to lose. Same thing in business. Same right. rules apply. If you want to go to the next level, you're going to have to change your mindset. And you're going to have to look at things from a different lens, a different perspective especially spending money because you got to spend, spend money to make money. Yeah. And, and you want to, you know, the difference between accountability and discomfort is one is to get to, to make sure that you're doing what you, you should be doing. That's accountability example, very simple, but you need to make a hundred calls every single day. Okay. Show me that you made a hundred calls every single day. I'm keeping you accountable to what you said, mm -hmm. because if you stay accountable to the hundred calls a day, I know, for example, every 10 days, you'll have the opportunity to get a deal at a thousand calls every 10 days, just simple numbers, right? Now, the difference between that and uncomfortableness is, hey, you've been making a hundred calls a day for the last six months, every single day. Now you need to make 200 calls a day, every single day for the next six months. That's uncomfortableness. That's discomfort because now that's a new threshold. That's a new metric. That's a new tier. And that's a new expectation where it's going to be very uncomfortable because the workload is more. The output is more. More conversations, right? But also more opportunity, more leads, more chances, more at-bats, you know? Babe Ruth was, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I, I do, you know, value Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth held the home run record for something like 60 something years or something like that. And the only reason that he said that he hit so many home runs is because he struck out so many other times. That's the only reason. If you look at the amount of at bats that Babe Ruth had, it was astronomically more than what the average batter was going up to the mound. So therefore, in that example, he was willing to take more risk, more chances striking out in that example to get the reward of more home runs. He knew the more swings I have, the more chances I have to connect with a ball and hit it as a home run. But I'll also be out a lot more of the time. He was okay with that. Yeah. Moral of the story is he went down as one of the greatest hitters of all time because of that reason. Michael Jordan's another great example. Six championships, 30-something thousand points made in his career, but he also missed over 15,000 shots in his entire career. Do you think he would have made 30-something thousand points if he didn't have 15,000 misses? Absolutely not. He wouldn't have had all those championships, Scottie Pippen with him, all that stuff. So that, that's the difference between accountability and discomfort. Both are extremely important. And I think that a good coach gives you both. Yeah. And I don't think that you can have one without the other. No. I also think that some people struggle with one more than the other. I think accountability is probably more difficult for your average person because it's so easy to talk yourself out of something. Yeah. Especially something new or something that you're trying to change because your brain is literally trying to keep you in the same rhythm that it's already been in. So you literally have to talk your head out of it. 
if your heart's already somewhere else, you're winning. But if you have to change your mind, you literally have to overpower it and you have to keep doing it. You literally have to talk to yourself and be like, listen, mm -hmm. this is going to change mm -hmm. because you have to do that so repetitively that if you don't, the outcome's not going to happen because your brain won't let you change. Yeah. A anytime I, at this point in my career, I've been at this for six plus years, but I'm very comfortable being uncomfortable. But anytime that I, that I feel comfort or I feel like, I've hit a plateau, for example, or something like that. Like I, I'm, I'm already trained enough to recognize like, okay, we just hit a threshold. I've hit my limit. I'm very comfortable. Things are very consistent right now. They're very smooth. It's time to break some shit. And then I put myself in a discomfort position, in a discomforting position on purpose. For example, right now, I just spent, we were talking about this, $60,000 between marketing and hiring somebody new because I know that it needs to happen. And I know that the longer that I wait to make that decision, the worse it's going to get. And you also know that there is no reason to wait. We couldn't come up with a single reason why we would put that off. Correct. And, and right now, the, the, the market is screaming left and right, market more, market more, market more. But again, I've had to train myself and through a lot of great mentors too over the years to see that kind of opportunity. Like in 2020 with COVID... Everybody was running for the hills. I decided to double down in marketing and stuff like that because it was it it was the perfect time to do it because everybody was running. So when everybody's running in an opposite direction, you go the opposite way. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. So right now, this economy is extremely tough. You know, interest rates have never been high. I mean, they they've been higher, but they're at all time like twenty five year highs. Affordability is like at forty year lows. I mean, we're seeing a lot of things that haven't happened in decades, right? Right now, all culminating at the same time. The housing market is tough, et cetera, et cetera. So that is the perfect time because so many people, I already know that the bulk of people, competitors, whatever you want to call them in my industry are running right now. So I, I lean in when that happens and I, and I always, always, always win long-term because of that. And then everybody, it's funny to see everybody try to run back in when shit changes mm -hmm. and you know, like, like 2021, 2020 was like a ghost thing, you know, like, like a ghost town from March till the end. And then by the beginning of 2021, the market had shot up. Appreciation was everywhere. I mean, everybody and their mother wanted to buy a house, yep. I mean, no exaggeration. And by that point we were on top because we had put in the groundwork in 2020. And then everybody that was a competitor, quote unquote, tried running back in, but they couldn't keep up because they didn't put in the extra six, eight months worth of marketing that we did. So we, we dominated and we became the biggest, you know, top three biggest in, in the whole state of Florida for, for buyers. So. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That was, <laughs> it was a heyday. Yeah. Great <laughs> time now, to be alive. I, yeah. Now I view things differently too. Now it's more like, okay, let me, less is more in a lot of ways, but, but discomfort, especially if you're a one man or a one woman band or whatever, or, or you're a very small lean operation that is oftentimes thought of as a negative. I actually see it as a huge positive. You can make changes that someone in my shoes, for example, can't make that quickly because you don't have as many moving pieces. You don't have as many team members. You don't have as many mouths to feed. You, you, you don't have as much complication as the next guy who's bigger that you perceive like, wow, look at him. He's at scale. Yeah, but he's got 
30 other things to worry about that you don't. So when you're lean and small and, and, and mean like that, that's perfect. That's exactly when you should be very uncomfortable. I also think that it creates a very different work environment and culturally we're very different as a small team. We're mm -hmm. like a skeleton crew. And I appreciate that because I know that any person in our team, because we're so tight together, can call me on a dime, can text me. Like the comfortability that we've created with having such a small team and the amount of accountability that exists within our team because we are so small is out of this world. It's, it's the best that I've ever worked with in any area business-wise. For sure, I would say it's the best. Yeah, I mean, look, when, when, when you're smaller and when you're growing, and especially if you're broke, which I've been there many a times, by the way, spoiler alert, it's not a money problem, it's a you problem. Just, you'll get there when you get there. But if you hear that from me, just take that to heart. What I mean by that is you, when you're small, you should be doing everything in your power. You should be doing everything in your power to maximize every situation that you have. And when you're small like that, you're, you're extremely profitable. When you scale, I'm not saying anything's wrong with scale. I've scaled the shit out of my business. It comes with its own pros and cons too, right? You, you, scale is another way for saying, yeah, we're making a lot more money, but we're also spending a lot more money. So it's all relative. And nowadays, I, I, I'd just rather be flex, like a combination. It's kind of like a hybrid model. I'd rather be flexible, limber, very profitable, but still you know, have some level of volume. But I don't need to be buying 200 homes a year like I was once upon a time doing it because it was, it's just not, it's not worth the headaches. I'd, I'd much rather invest the time and the money somewhere else. And you can run a very laser-focused team. You said skeleton crew. I would say just, just a very, very focused, dialed-in organization that, that can do a lot more. Like I can do a lot more damage than the average person that, that has a 20-person team. Well, and our, our numbers show it. We've had this conversation with several people that we are close with in the same industry in different markets, and they've seen our numbers, our overhead, and what we're bringing in, and the proof is in the pudding. I mean, there is no argument there. Yeah. It and, exists. And that's exactly why I want to get uncomfortable now. To me, it's fun nowadays, you know? Like, I've already been through all those stages and stuff. And I'm still learning stuff by the day, but to me, it's fun now. Like I like challenging myself, like, like spending 60 K on marketing, not spending. Let me, let me retract that. Let me say investing 60 K into marketing and hiring a couple people. That's fun to me. Like, that's awesome. And, and now I know it's going to come with its own set of problems and it's going to come with its own, you know, things to figure out and challenges and puzzle pieces or whatever. But I know that the profit's going to be there and I know that the opportunity is going to be there. So I think that's what people, people spend, I know because I've been there, like people spend a great portion of their lives upset, sad, complaining about why they're not where they perceive that they should be. When in reality, the answer is very simple. They're too scared to make the moves that are required to get to where you want to get to. Fear and abundance don't live in the same place. That's a fact. They don't. It's like love and hate can't, can't reside in the same house. It just can't happen. Right. Eventually, one of them is going to win, and it's going to be good or it's going to be bad. So, you know, if, if you're on the edge like that, dude, 
What's the worst case that can happen? You, you're broker than broke? Congrats. You're already broke. <laughs> yeah. You get like when you're young like that and when you're newer like that, and it's not a matter of age, but I'm talking about like maturity in business. Dude, screw everything up. You know, I'm not saying throw the kitchen sink away, but just try it. Give it a go. Like, you don't know what's on the other side of that. Could be a six figure deal. Your first one. I don't know. You know, highly unlikely, but it can happen. It's happened to students of mine. And, and then, then you see them and they're like, oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to hire and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 too fast, too much. <laughs> yeah. Take it easy. But, but then, then it clicks and they're like, holy shit. Like it, man, when you, when you get over that hump, like it's just the mirage, you know, like it really is just, it's like a fog. When you get through that at the other side is, is a new version of you. Number one, number two, you prove to yourself that you can do it which is the most important thing. And now you can, now you can start to push your threshold and that's how you're going to level up. You're not, look, I, I know people that have been buying the same 10, 20 homes a year for the past 20 years. They don't want to change. They don't want to buy more. They don't want to buy less. They don't want to hire. They don't want to own rentals because they think they're going to get calls in the middle of the night for toilets and all this shit, <laughs> but they're stuck in the same place. Which goes to my point earlier your brain is literally going to talk you out of everything that you try to change. hundred percent. That's how you got to get so smart so quick. If you want to change your life, mm -hmm. there literally is no time like now. Yeah. It doesn't matter where it doesn't matter if it's today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, you got to do it now. Yeah. And it's, and it's to, to, to your point, it's not even like smart. Yes. Yeah, as a part of it, you need to, the number one thing that you need when you're broke and you're trying to, you know, do something and, and accomplish something it, particularly in wholesale and real estate, the number one thing you need is drive and discipline. If, if, if you can sit wherever the hell it is with a laptop, I mean, I started my business at my mom's house on a corner with a desk, if you could call it that, and a laptop, an old janky ass MacBook. But I didn't care. Like I had the, the discipline and the grit and the drive to sit there with an old ass pair of headphones and just dial all goddamn day. And just dial and dial and dial and smile and dial. Have people tell me to go F myself and this and that. And I would come back the next day, more broke than the day before, and I would do it again. And I did that for north of 12 months, straight, Saturdays and Sundays included, boys and girls. So what I'm saying is your life doesn't necessarily have to be like that. Not everybody's path is the same. But I'm telling you, when you think that you're working hard, you're not. There's always more in the tank. And... You need to make a, a, a conscientious decision like, hey, I'm going to get really uncomfortable. I'm going to make new friendships or cut off a lot of my friendships and I'm going to hit the ground running here and I'm not going to look back until cut yourself a goal of 90 days. Historically and scientifically speaking, human beings can can do one task for 90 days. After that, they get bored or they start to fall off. Sure. There's a diminishing return. Stick to 90 days. Say what you're going to do. Pop out your metrics and in 91 days, look at them and say, okay, this is what I, I did what I said I was going to do. These are the results that I got. What do I need to change? Cool. Let's change it. Hit another 90 days. And I guarantee you, if you break your life into quarters like that, you're, you're never going to have a problem. Well, and just to give you guys some perspective on his 12 month journey, he literally already had his big fancy degree at this point. So if you yeah. want to talk about humiliation and you want to talk yeah. about staying consistent and being uncomfortable, I think 
that uncomfortability that you were in at that point in your life was probably one of the highest and lowest moments for you all in one, all in the same. By far, by far. I was, uh, yeah. But you're here today because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I had to swallow my pride. I was a college graduate. I, I you know, I went to New York. I, I was on Wall Street and the whole thing. And then it was uh, now I'm on the phones getting cursed out to try to buy someone's house with no money in my pocket. But I figured mm -hmm. it out. Right. So you don't talk about delusional. <laughs> That's delusion. But hey, it worked for me, man. And I can't tell you how many of my friends have started their businesses just like that. But I think that you do need a certain level of almost crazy and just, I don't care. It sounds insane, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then just stick with it and, you know, back up what you talk about. Yeah. That's it. So. Well, I think your guys' homework, like Will <laughs> said, do 90 days, push yourself, be consistent, get uncomfortable. If there's something in your business that you're doing right now that you're super comfortable with and you have been for a long time, whatever that may be, change it now, make it difficult, get uncomfortable. That's the goal. Give yourself 90 days and look back, log it, write it down, take videos, record yourself talking about it, whatever it could be, and look back in 90 days and be like, damn, it was worth it. And then push yourself for your next quarter. Will has a two o'clock call, so I got to yeah. I got to wrap this up, but thank you guys for listening. Do your homework and we'll see you next time. See you next time.